Amen? All right, let me invite you for one moment to stand. I just want to share a brief word with you on this New Year's Day. I want to invite you to stand and just open in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Here we go. Verse number 16. Paul writes, rejoice always. Verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Verse number 18, in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, today we thank you and we praise you. We honor you. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, we entrust this day to you. We entrust our lives to you as a living sacrifice. Lord, we thank you for grace and mercy. Mercy is you withholding what we deserve. Grace is you giving us what we don't deserve. So today, Lord, for mercy, we say thank you. For grace, we say thank you. We pray that you would use this word on this day to minister to your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk on today, just this first Sunday, 2023, about a spiritual attitude, a spiritual attitude called always. A spiritual attitude called always. Key word there is always. One day I was with my family and we were at Six Flags. And my oldest wanted to ride on the roller coaster. And he wanted to ride on the largest, that largest roller coaster at Six Flags, that big, I think it's turquoise or on, but it's the roller coaster you can see from Houston. <laughs> right? It's that, it's that big giant one out there. So his siblings were too small. They were too young to ride with him. And you know, he just knew mama wasn't having it, right? So if his siblings weren't having it and mama weren't having it, then they only left one person. It was daddy. Being the great dad that I am, I, I, I agreed to ride with him. Now, what I want you to know is what he saw externally in my willingness to do it was not an indication of what was going on internally. <laughs> externally, it was willing. Internally, it was reluctant. And so as we're walking, I was doing those steps. You know how when you got in trouble when you came home from school and you were taking them little baby steps? And no matter how small the steps were, it just seemed like you were getting home quicker than normal, right? So I was taking those small steps with him, and he's like, come on, Dad. We got to get in line before, and it's like, I know, right? So I'm praying. I, didn't, I don't know how God was going to work that out. And so thankfully, 
as we got to the line, there was a sign that said the roller coaster was closed. I was like, and he knows the desires of your heart. Because the thing about roller coasters, man, it just takes you up and down and around turns and just, I mean, and, and there's this anticipation that even when you're going up, you know you got to come down. And when you think about the end, it takes you on a turn. And, and when you're on that roller coaster, people, everybody responds differently, don't they? Some people are raising their hands and they're like, you. Some people are holding on and they're bracing themselves. Some people are yelling, ah, Jesus. I'm in that latter group. And you know, when you think about life, is life not like a roller coaster? It's like life just seems to take you on these turns, these ups and these downs. And, and just when you think it's over, what, you know, that it, then it's another turn and it's, it's hills and it's valleys and it's twists and it's turns. And that's just life. That's life in 2022 and that's life in 2023. It's like, I want you to know that if you're in life, you're going to go through ups and downs and twists and turns, and sometimes it's jumping and it's jerking, and that's just life. And for everybody in life, this, this life, this roller coaster life, we all respond differently. Some people, because they can't handle it, they, they, want, they want to get off of the roller coaster and they end their life because they can't take the ride anymore. That's reality. They can't take it anymore. For others of us, we, we go down and we sink into despair and we sink into discouragement. For others of us, we try to pray our way through it, but everybody's trying to do something to endure the roller coaster ride called life. You know, it's... It's the financial roller coaster. It's the emotional roller coaster. It's the, it's the health roller coaster. It's the relationship roller coaster. It's the job roller coaster. It's all of these roller coasters. And sometimes you don't even get a chance to prepare for the next turn. You know the roller coaster one I hate the most is when you go into a dark tunnel. Because in the dark turn, I can't even see what the next turn is going to be. All I know is I'm jumping and I'm jerking because I can't even tell what's coming ahead of me. Sometimes in life, it's dark. And even though it's dark, you're still on the ride. There's still turns. You don't get the notice. So the question is, how do we respond? And when we talk about this attitude called always, Paul talks in this passage about this attitude called always. And I want you to see what he says. He says, verse number 16, watch this, rejoice always, right? Verse number 17, pray without ceasing, that's always. Verse number 18, he changes from time to situation because he says, in everything, that really is always, in everything, give thanks. In other words, notice what he says. He says, for us as believers, there's this disposition to life. 
There's this way that we live our life that, and I want you to know what is what he says here. Here's some, here's some foundational things I want to remind you of. He says, as we look at these passages, he said, I want you to be reminded, first of all, that we see the commands here. We're commanded to live daily in these dispositions. Here's the command. Rejoice always. That's a command. It's imperative. Pray without ceasing. That's the command. In everything, give thanks. In other words, God is commanding us to live, watch this, in this disposition of always. This is a lifestyle that we're perpetually living in this always kind of life. In other words, Life is going to take you on this roller coaster ride. And if you hook your, watch this, if you hook your emotions up to the, to the roller coaster, then your emotions are up and down. If you hook your feelings up to the roller coaster, your feelings are up and down. But he says, in the midst of the roller coaster ride, he says, we're commanded to live in this spiritual disposition of always. But we're not only commanded, I want you to know the second thing is we can make a choice. There's a choice. I can make a choice of how I respond. Why does I always say, I can't control what happens to me. I can't control what life throws my way, but you know what I can control? How I respond. I can control that. That's within me. I can't control if my job lays me off. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen because I work at the church, so. <laughs> I can't control that. Well, some of you can by your work ethic, but that's another sermon, right? Oh, I shouldn't have said that. But I can't control how I respond to that. Right? There's some things I can't. But he says that there's a choice here, that I have to make a choice to rejoice always. I have to make a choice to pray without ceasing. I have to make a choice to give thanks. But notice what he also says. It's continual. Pray always. Pray without ceasing and everything. In other words, whether it's up, whether it's down, whether it's dark, whether it's light, he says there is a perpetual disposition that I am commanded to always continually live in this spiritual place called always. I'm always rejoicing. I'm always praying. I'm always giving thanks. No matter what life throws my way, it's not going to change this disposition. Can I tell you something? Isn't it easy to praise God when everything's going well? I mean, once you think about it, we, we give him thanks when everything's going well. We praise him. We're happy when everything. But how do we respond when life does not go with your script? And he says, uh, these always dispositions is not circumstantial. They're not situational. They're not based on what, but there are perpetual disposition in how I live my life. Because what Paul is going to remind us of is how we respond is not separate from our reality. We respond this way, watch this, in the midst of our reality. Can, can, I, remind, can I say that again? 
What Paul is going to remind us of is how I respond is not separate from my reality. In other words, I don't have this reality where I'm living in this, I'm just always spiritual. It's like, no. The reality is sometimes we deal with difficult things in life. And Paul is going to remind us that even in the midst of difficult things, I am sensitive to that, but I still want you to respond a certain way. We can be spiritual and still be real. See, being spiritual means I don't have to pretend that my reality does not exist. I don't have to pretend that I'm not hurting. I don't have to pretend that I'm not discouraged. But what I do is I take the disposition of a spiritual walk with God, and they override where life is trying to take me. I I want you to hear that. Because for some people, they want you to know that being spiritual means that you have to separate yourself from how you're feeling. But it means I need something that's greater that takes me from where life wants to take me to take me back to where God wants me to go. Right? And that's why Paul, I want you to look at some verses here because Paul is, Paul is aware of what they're going through. So if you just look back at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, and there are two principles I'm going to bring out of this, but here's the first principle. He says, verse 6, you also have become imitators of us, and of the Lord, listen to this, having received the word in much tribulation. This is what he said. Understand what you're going through. You received his word in tribulation. Look over at chapter 2, verse 14. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea, For you also endure the same sufferings at the hand of your own countrymen. In other words, he said, you're being being persecuted by your own people. He said, I understand what you're going through. So this isn't separate. What Paul is going to say isn't an indication that I don't understand what you're going through. Notice chapter 4. This is a, a powerful passage here. This is what provides Hope as we are going through grief as believers. Verse number 13, chapter 4, verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, meaning those who are passed on, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. In other words, this is what he says. I know you've been going through tribulation. I know you're suffering. I even know that there's those in your church who have passed away, who've died. He says, so I know what you're going through. And even when you think about Paul's own personal life, if you get a chance, just write down um, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, because in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul is talking about what he's gone through, what he's suffered as, for the sake of the gospel. Paul says, look, man, he says, I was shipwrecked. He says, I was left for dead. He says, I was left for exposure in the, in, in the nighttime, in the cold. He says, I was beaten 39 times. He says, I was left for death. He says, I was stoned. He says, I was beaten with 39 lashes. And then he comes over to chapter 12 and he says, but God's grace is sufficient. But God's grace is sufficient. In other words, what Paul says, I know what it's like to go through things. And that's why even in Philippians, when Paul wrote to the book, uh, the Christians in Philippians, the theme of Philippians is joy. 
But Paul is writing to Christians while he's in prison. And while he's in prison writing to encourage the Philippians, this is what he says, rejoice always again, I say, rejoice. Paul says, I know what it's like to go through something, but even in the midst of that, he says, I still want you to practice this disposition called always. And let me give them to you. There are three of them here, and they really speak for themselves. He says, as you're on this roller coaster of life, he says, rejoice always. See, what I love about this is, man, this isn't easy. This isn't natural. This is my walk with God. He says, I have to rejoice always. Well, how can I rejoice? Let me tell you what rejoicing is. Rejoicing is the action that comes from joy. Remember, Jesus says, my joy I give to you, not of this world. My joy I give to you. That joy that Jesus gives to us, that's the noun that resides within us. I have his joy, and because I have his joy, the action that comes from that means I can rejoice always. I can rejoice because of his joy that's within me, because I have Jesus' joy residing within me. Regardless of what's going on, I can still rejoice. And let me tell you something, joy and rejoicing is not circumstantial, is not situational, but is spiritual and is supernatural because joy is the work of the Holy Spirit that's within me. And if the Holy Spirit has deposited his joy within me, then there's nothing in life that can prevent me from rejoicing based on the joy that's inside of me. And so what rejoicing is, it is the expression of the joy that's within me. That's why over in chapter 1, once again, notice what he says here. The very end of that, he says, you received the word, verse 6, in much tribulation, watch this, with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Joy is the work of the Holy Spirit. And what he says is that I can rejoice always because what society is, society is always going to have those things in life that weighs us down. But the joy of the Lord is able to lift us up regardless of what society throws my way. I can be lifted by his joy, which allows me to rejoice in every circumstance regardless of what I'm going through. I can rejoice. Can I show you another verse here? Notice this, Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verse 41. If you can't keep up with me, just write it down, but we'll have it on the screen for you. Acts chapter 5, verse 41. I want you to notice this. Now, think about this. Only people of God can do this. So when they went on their way from the presence of the council, watch this, rejoicing, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. See, rejoicing is all about a perspective. This is a great example of when James said, count it all joy. Well, he said, count it all joy, right? Count it all joy when you encounter various kind of trials. Am I thankful for the trials? No. Count it all joy because you know in the midst of the trials, God's working something out. That's why I rejoice. I rejoice because I know God is working something out. Count it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various kind of trials. Knowing, watch this, that the testing of your faith produces character in your life, right? I don't, I don't thank God for the trials, but I thank God for what he's doing in the midst of the trial, and I count it all joy because I know what the trial is doing in my life. 
That's why they came and they rejoiced. You know why they rejoiced? They didn't rejoice because they were getting persecuted. They rejoiced because there was something about their life that looked so much like Jesus that they considered it an honor to suffer for his name. You are persecuting me because I look like Jesus. Thank God, because I can remember a time I didn't always look like Jesus. So because you are persecuting me means that I am so walking with Jesus that I'm looking like Jesus, and I praise God for that. Well, and so he says, we count it all joy because God has placed something within us. I want you to understand that the key thing. I don't know what life's going to throw my way. And I'm not talking about some false, pretentious, you know, giving honor to God and I'm highly favored in the midst of it. And I thank God. It's like, you know what, God? I'm going through something, but I'm going to worship you anyhow. You know what, God? This is not a difficult, this is a difficult place, but I'm going to praise you. It, it's, it's a, it's, you're making a choice to fight for your joy. That's why if you think about the psalmist, if you read the psalms, the psalms would always start with, Lord, I'm hurting. Lord, why are you allowing this persecution to happen? Lord, what are you doing? Lord, and then at the very end of the psalm, they would say, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. In other words, what they would say is, Lord, I'm reminded that I'm going through something, but you're greater than what I'm going through, and I'm going to rejoice you anyhow. Well, let me tell you something. I can't do that without verse 17. Right, that's verse 17 really is the key to verse 16 and verse 18. Because in order to rejoice like this, verse 17 says, I have to pray without ceasing. I have to pray always. And what he means here by praying always is this ongoing, perpetual connection with God throughout the day. Right? Let me tell you, sometimes prayer is very structured. Prayer is, you know, the, to, you know today I'm going to get up. I'm going to have my quiet time. I'm going to have my Bible. I'm going to have my 15 minutes with the Lord. But can I tell you something? That's just connecting. You got to stay connected with him all day. Right? You can't have your morning prayer and then shut your spiritual mind off. You know why? Because stuff keeps coming your way. Stuff keeps happening. Life doesn't care that you care that you had your morning devotion. Life still comes at you. And so it says, I have to be praying without ceasing, which means I got to constantly stay connected through God. I got to remind myself every day throughout the day of who he is. I got to maintain a God awareness. Can you mind? A God awareness throughout the day. I have to maintain a God consciousness throughout the day so that, like my mama used to say, if you're walking with God, he doesn't let things slip up on you. Is there anyone here who knows that sometimes God prepares you for things even before they happen? God gives you a sense that something is brewing. God gives you an anticipation. You don't know exactly what it is, but God has prepared. You know why? Because you're connected with him, and he knows what's coming down the pipe, and he allows yourself to prepare. And even when God hasn't done that, you go back to his word, and you remind yourself, but God is in control. God is working things out. God is doing something for my good. God, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to trust you in the midst of it. God, I can respond this way, but I'm going to respond this way because you're faithful. I got to continually keep myself connected to him and that's the only way I can rejoice 
because I got to be reminded that God is more powerful than what I'm going through. I'm dependent upon him. And so when things don't go the way I planned when I woke up that day, because everybody wake up and we have our schedule. Here are my appointments. Here's my meeting. This is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to go. These are the people I'm going to talk to. But you know what? Sometimes life didn't get the memo. And life throws something your way. And if I'm not connected to God, then I start unraveling because I didn't prepare for that. And that's why we have to constantly be connected because I want you to understand, you can't flip on a faith, you can't flip on a faith switch and all of a sudden now be super spiritual. You have to cultivate that. You have to strengthen your faith. You have to cultivate your faith. You have to grow your faith. That's why we're trying to challenge you to be in his word because I got to be in God's word. I got to have his word in me. So when his word is in me, I can't be calling the pastor asking him the verse. I need to have his word already in me so that when I'm going through something, I can pull from God's promises. That's why as I'm going through life, I got to make what I call faith deposits. And a faith deposit is when I'm building up my faith account with the promises of God, with the goodness of God, with the testimony of God. And they go into my faith account so that when I'm going through something in life and I don't understand it, I go and I make withdrawals of God's faithfulness. I say, God, remember you brought me here and remember you did this. But if you don't make faith deposits and you enter a situation and you go to make a withdrawal, then what God says is you got insufficient faith to handle what life is throwing your way. Are you with me? And that's why I got to be praying. That's why our walk with God is not a church activity. It is an ongoing walk where I'm being connected with him. And then that allows me to do verse number 18 in everything. See, verse 16 and 17 are about time, continual, always. Verse 18 is about situations and circumstances and everything. Can I tell you, everything means everything. That's the good and the bad. That's the highs and the lows. That's the good news and the bad news. And everything give thanks. I can't do that unless I'm doing 18, 17, praying without ceasing. And then I'm giving thanks. You know, the fact that I'm reminded that God is working together for those who love him, that he's doing something. God is in control. I give him thanks. And if I can just have an attitude, say, God, you know what? I don't know what you're going, but I'm thankful. I'm just going to be thankful. That's why I say it's a choice. It's a choice that we have to make that when life takes us all over the place, I'm going to still rejoice. I'm going to still praise you. I'm still going to worry. I'm still going to be thankful, God, in the midst of it. I'm still going to be grateful. You know why? Because he says, notice this, this is God's will for your life. For this is his will for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's a key phrase there. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. Watch this. For this is God's will for you who are in Christ Jesus. Now, this is a great phrase here, in Christ Jesus. This is, this is a Paul phrase. You know how the, you're around some people and they got their little phrases, their little things that they say that's kind of tied to them. This is 
like in Bible study, this is what we call a Pauline phrase. It's, it's unique to Paul, in Christ. The, the Greek word is in Christu. He, he uses that all the time, in Christ. Because for Paul, being in Christ was such a, a radical part of his life, in Christ. In other words, Paul saw everything in life as being in Christ. That, that's why he would say things like, you know, um, I am a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Because Paul recognized, I am a new person, but I'm not a new person in my job. I'm not a new, I'm a new person in Jesus. In other words, in Jesus, I'm new. My identity is new. My security is new. That's why the Bible says, Paul would say, Ephesians chapter 1, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessings in Christ. In other words, he says, all of the blessings that God has for us is already deposited in our lives in Christ. He says, we are redeemed in Christ. We're reconciled in Christ. We are dead in Christ. We are alive in Christ. We're new creatures in Christ. We're saved in Christ. In other words, everything is in Christ. Why is everything in Christ? He says, because it's only in Christ that I'm able to rejoice always. I'm always able to pray. I'm always able to give thanks because I understand that God has done something in my life that only exists in Jesus Christ that allows me to rejoice no matter what's going on, that nobody outside of Christ can experience this because they don't know God the way I know him because of what he's done for me in Jesus Christ. He says it's God's will for you, but only in Jesus Christ, that he's done something new in your life that only allows you to respond this way. People outside of the faith can't do this because they don't know God the way we know him. And Paul says, I am wrapped up in Jesus Christ. And so as you go into the new year, I guess we're in the new year, huh? You know, I would love to be able to stand before you and make all of those nice cliches we made that in 2023 is going to be better than 2022 and you're going to be more blessed and all these nice quotes and cliches, but we can't promise that. We can't promise that. But this is where I want to encourage you to already start with a posture of saying, you know what? I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going, I am going to give God thanks. Anyhow, I'm going to constantly be praying because I know that as I'm praying, watch this, I'm not just praying for God to change things. I'm just praying to stay connected to him so that God keeps me focused on spiritual things so that when life wants to pull me this way, the Bible says, set your mind on things above where Christ. I'm going to hang out in the heavenly places because in the heavenly places, that's where I get a new perspective. That's why the psalmist says, you know, the psalmist says, you know, every time I look out, it always seemed like the wicked seemed to be getting ahead. It's like it seemed like the, the sinful people are the ones doing the best. And the psalmist says, man, when I looked out, I almost stumbled until I went into the sanctuary of God. <laughs> and I got a new perspective. And I'm reminded God is still in control. God is still in control. I don't know what life is going to throw your way. But what I want to ask you to do is make, make a challenge this year to say, you know what, God? 
in spite of whatever happens. In the good times, I'm going to praise you. In the difficult times, I'm going to worship you. In life, I'm going to rejoice no matter what's going on. It's not going to change my joy. It's not going to change my thanksgiving. It's not going to change my I'm not going to let it change me regardless of what I'm going through. That's going to be my disposition in life. And life is not going to alter my God-given disposition. Let me tell you something. It may not change your circumstances, but it will give you the perspective to make it through whatever your circumstances might be. And that's all I want to share with you. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? And right now, I just want just really encourage you to just take these nuggets of truth from God's Word and allow them to just really resonate in your heart. And that today you're going to make a choice to be in this ongoing place of rejoicing. This ongoing place of just being grateful and thankful. This ongoing place of just constantly being connected to God throughout the day, just throughout the day. Throughout the day, you remind yourself of a verse. Throughout the day, you remind yourself of God's love, His promises, so that when things come your way, you don't have to try to flip on a switch. You're already there. And it's so much easier to just walk in something you're already doing than try to start it up in the midst of something. You know, some of us have gotten news in 2022 that we're waiting to see how it's going to play out in 2023. 2023 didn't change some news that we got in 2022. But I want to challenge you today to just develop this posture, this disposition that says, you know what, God, I, I, you're still in control. You're still in control. And sometimes being in control means it doesn't always go the way I would want it to go, but hallelujah anyhow. I'm going to worship you anyhow. I'm going to praise you anyhow. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you thanks anyhow. And for some of you, you need to just really start developing that in your spirit right now and building that as a way of life, building that as spiritual habits in your life, building that because if not, we drift to... I don't know why this happened. I don't know why this is going on. I don't know this and why this and life is this. And, I'm, and life pulls you in that direction and you need something to pull you in a whole nother direction. You need something that says, I'm going to lift you above what circumstances are throwing your way. And that's why people don't understand, man, I can worship God even with tears in my eyes. I can thank God even with sorrow. I can still worship Him and I can still thank Him because you know what? Both realities are real. I'm hurting, that's real, but I'm worshiping God anyway. That's still real. It doesn't have to be an either or. It can be a both and. 
I can worship God with a smile on my face. I can smile with tears in my eyes because they're both true. They're both true. And that's why if you're here today, if you don't know Christ, I want to tell you something. You can't make it in life without him. You can't make it in life without Jesus. And I'm not just talking about knowing about him and knowing some things. I'm talking about a walk with God that allows you to, that just gives you this anchor as you're going through life. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, man, the greatest thing you can do today is just in your heart, just say, Lord, today I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and that your son died on the cross for my sin. And today I trust you as my Lord and my Savior. Today I want to walk with you forever. So I'm going to tell you, you just can't get through life without knowing God knowing his word, trusting in him, relying on his spirit, having a faith that's strong enough to endure what life throws your way. So today, will you just say, Lord, today I just want to surrender my life to you. I want to surrender my life to your word. I want to surrender my life to your spirit. I want to surrender my life to your son, Jesus Christ. I don't want to do life by myself. So, Father God, we just thank you today as we, as we humble ourselves, as we come before you broken, as we lay prostrate before you as we humbly submit ourselves to you Lord on today we're getting in that roller coaster and we're holding on we're holding on because we know this year there's going to be some twists and some turns and some ups and some downs and some tunnels and some darkness and we're, we know that's just life but in the midst of that we're going to hold on and as we're going through we're going to praise and we're going to worship and we're going to thank you and we're going to adore you and we're going to trust you and we're going to grow through the whole process and we just we're just hanging on oh god to your grace and to your mercy and when we can't hold on anymore we thank you that you hold on to us that you're holding on to us we thank you that you're holding on. And so, Father, for my brothers and my sisters today, we, we start this new year together. We're holding on not only to you, but we're holding on to one another in this new year. In this new year, we not only promise to trust you, but we promise to be our brother's keepers. We promise to be our sister's keeper. We promise on today to say, Lord, as we go through this year, we're going to be there for one another. That we're going to be there praying for one another, encouraging one another. Because the only way we can make it through this year is not just having you with us, but having our brothers and our sisters right there by our side. Those who are watching on stream, I just want to encourage you. If you're healthy and you're able, reconnect back to the body of Christ. 
don't just don't just watch service online you need to be among God's people you need to be encouraged among God's people you need God's people touching you and praying for you and holding you in the midst of difficulties rejoin the body the flock this is our community this is our strength I need you and you need me we need each other so God today we just we just worship and we thank you in your son Jesus name we do pray together all God's people say amen amen amen, amen. amen. God bless you you're now dismissed